dude, they're fucking, they're, I'm telling you, I think they can make a run, bro. I'm like, first, dude, yeah, they're fucking solid. They can run at what? Wait, where are they bro, running to? they're, like, I told where are they running? bro, Tell I'm telling you, Mackenzie, oh, Mackenzie yeah, is no slouch. Dude, I listen. I'm not denying oh, this. Yo, Wolfie, Wolfie. I don't listen. Yeah, we all had the same games. reaction when he said that they would win the division. When oh. he said they would win the division, we all had the same reaction. Yeah, okay, yeah, and I'm this reacting. Is, so, this is yeah. his. All right, it's he's got 51 pitches through 51. four innings with six Ks right now. Mackenzie's legit. He's dude. I'm telling you. Last time he played the White Sox, that's why I was telling you I should have played that bet because the last time this he played Chris. the White He's Sox, like, Mackenzie is gonna. He's... I'm gonna throw him over my back and the. <laughs> Bro. Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. Let's get it. Welcome everybody to the Built Different podcast as you guys can see we have a new family member we're gonna get to that in a second this is episode seven so that means we have come on your guys' screens seven times pause i didn't mean to say it like that but here we are episode seven so i'm your host thomas saxby i'm here with my co-host wolfie not so white chris and give a warm welcome Devante. Tell us who you are, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. I'm Levante, um, owner of Ayambre, New York City taxi driver. If you need anything, put something in a special link. Can work something out. Might be able to pick you up. But I'm here. I'm a fan, longtime friend of Thomas, and just trying to see where we could take this to new levels, you know? Hell yeah, hell yeah. And it's it's definitely a pleasure to have you, man. You know, me and Devante, we go way back. We went to we went to college together. We suffered on our on our college baseball team together. Uh we we grew together. It was a good time. So so Wolfie, why don't you open us up with your opening take, man? What's up? Yo, boys, great to be back. Episode seven. I can't believe we're already here for episode seven. We're gonna come in hot. We're gonna come in and talk about the oldest players in baseball right now. And I'm just not going to break down all of them. I'm going to break the ones that are going off. We got Pujols at the age of 42, about to break the 700 home run record. We got a guy like Verlander out there that's pitching like Cy Young caliber. And not only that, we have a guy at Adam Wainwright that's also about to lead his team to a division win with, oh, by the way, another guy that's just about to turn 40, Yadier Molina. Chris, you broke it down last week, battery mates. Dude, these guys bad. are like pushing like four decades old, and they're still <laughs> playing like bad. top guys. But at the same time, we also have guys have Nelson Cruz, Saxby. You know, your team's holding him right now. We have guys like Rich Hill, Chris. You know that Oliver Perez. Everybody forgets he actually played for the Diamondbacks this year. Uh, Cano dropped already, and we also have a guy like Sergio Romo. I don't even know where he plays right now. So I'm saying. 40 years old is like a weird age in MLB right now. You could either be like a guy that's about to win the Cy Young and you're about to be the guy that like no one even knows who you play for. I know that's a weird opening take, but like we don't talk about the older guys in baseball much that's anymore. True. And to hear some of those names out there, it's kind of weird. Like you have Verlander, top of his game, and Sergio Romo, who's like better known playing guys on MLB The Show. 
Yeah, man. And, you know, for my opening take, I think I'm going to go with another take that no one really talks about. Um, you know, nothing really be, being talked about right now. Nothing that we haven't talked about. And that's Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is... <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> Aaron Judge is now leading for the triple uh, crown race. He's now number one in batting average. So that's kind of another another tick on his resume, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it again. Spoiler alert: we're gonna we're gonna be talking about this MVP thing a little bit later. Now that we got a new guest, um, a new a new host, I should say. Uh, but man, dude, the, this year that Aaron Judge is having is so sensational. Um, if anything was how it was the other night, I mean, Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run, or I believe it was his 59th, and then Giancarlo Stanton hits a a grand slam. So Wolfie. I, you might you might be winning this debate right now that we had between Bryce Harper and Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, so far, we have to wait to see what's going on in the playoffs. But so far, I think you might have it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't count the Yankees out, man. I'm not a Yankees fan by any means. I just love Aaron Judge, and I think this guy is different this year. I, I can't see a playoff choke job. If if that is the case, that's crazy. That that would be absolutely nuts. But overall. He's now winning the Triple Crown. That's just like, who is this guy? Where, oh, where did this fucking yeah. guy come from, man? He's winning it. So, Devontae, what's up, man? Boys, come on now. Xander Bogart. What? Xander <laughs> Bogart is going to start every game at his position. He's going to make sure he doesn't win the Triple Crown. Come on now. No Xander. That sucks too. Ooh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fire, oh, that's oh, a fire another, sweater, oh. though. Oh, Boston Homer. Oh my gosh. Had to. Might just some might just pull out something for the action. Two A NL East, two AL East. Saxby, you know, stick together with me, bud. You know, I don't care if you're a Nats fan. You see? I don't well, care. You know, we're, we're you know, it's <laughs> us two against them too. So so talk to us, man. Talk talk to us, um, Devontae. What, what's your opening take, man? What you got for us? Otani deserves more recognition. Last year, he won the floor. Come on now, MVP. This year, he got even better numbers than he did last year. And why are we not talking about him? I mean, don't get me wrong. Aaron Judge, he's that man. He's carrying the Yankees on the back. He's like like Boots and Dora. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. But Otani, when you can do it both ways, come on, man. There's way more revenue. Both ways, man. Pause. But yeah, what's up, Chris? What's your, what's your opening take? What you got for us, Chris? I'm excited to see a Rockies player, and that player is Ezekiel Tavar. He's a shortstop. He's the 20, he's top 30 prospect in across MLB. Um, he's got, he hits very well. He's, you know, he's a shortstop, but he doesn't have a crazy power, but he's got, he's, he moved up through AA very fast, and then he played, like, five or six games in AAA, and he's, they're moving him up um, this Sunday, actually, or this Saturday. So I'm excited to see him play um, because, you know, the Rockies don't have a lot to talk about these days. Maybe Freeland throwing well one game out of 20. But, um, yeah, so that's that's my first opening take. And, you know, let's just get right into it, right? Devontae's here. Um, so bigger bases next year, pitch clock, right? Do you guys think now we will see more 4040s? Will be the return? If so, who do you think gets it? What's up, Wolf? Right. Well, 
Yeah, I'll lead this off. All right. So at first I was a little skeptical, but I'm going to say yes, of course. They're going to have bigger bases. And Chris, you brought it up a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this in the episode of Rule Changes. You're like, that millisecond, that half of a second, that couple, like, centimeters of a base really does count in these replays and guys stealing but we also have guys like jvram coming up wits actually coming up uh adley's actually you know a little speedy i don't think 40 40 but you know young players that could hit and steal uh with that being said i'm a little curious if they're going to bring back that home run baseball that we saw in 2018 and considering they're expanding bases to see more action i think they're going to get rid of this 2022 ball and go back to the 2018 ball where we see guys like bellinger and yelich hitting 55 home runs with that plus bigger bases hell yeah and you said guys that could do it obviously j ram acuna could do it even if Tatis got popped, I think he could still do it. And I'm going to go out on a limb right here. If we bring back the other baseball and everybody's playing hot, Lindor is an underdog. I can definitely agree with that. So that's my take, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you're talking about bigger bases. Chris, you brought up on on two podcasts ago that you know they're going to be watching the pitch clock. So you you think of, you think of some guys. First off, I'll give you the number one guy that I think is going to do it. It's going to be Julio Rodriguez, of course. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to veer away from Julio Rodriguez. But now we're going to start think think about some other guys though. Like let's think about Trey Turner first off. Like even if he doesn't get the 40 home runs part, let's think about how many stolen bases he's going to have alone, right? But if you want those 40-40 guys, you're going to have, you know, Corbin Carroll, who just got called up. You're going to have Bobby Witt. He has some pop in his bat. Um, you're going to have O'Neal, O'Neal Cruz. You got Tyler O'Neal, Julio Rodriguez, like I just said. Um, Mike, yeah. Trout's, Mike Trout's still a possibility. He's still got speed in his legs. Shohei Otani could do something very historic and get 40-40. Yep. He's stealing bases. Um, and then, and then you, have, you have those guys that are really smart, like maybe an Aaron Judge, who can get those 40 stolen bases just by watching the clock, just by the bigger bases, just by being a smart base runner. Um, and, you know, of course, you got Tatis. I mean, Tatis is probably going to come back and be the guy that gets 40-40. I mean, we can't forget about that guy just because he got popped for steroids. He's still Fernando Tatis at the end of the day. So yep. to your answer, Chris, yes. And again, my prediction would would be Julio Rodriguez. What's up, Devontae? What you think? For me, you already touched on with Shohei. I think for the first time in history, we're gonna see Shohei hit forty bombs, give you forty stolen bases, and then again, might even be able to three T MVP. But that's you know another discussion for another different time. But with the bigger bases, brings more opportunities for players to come into the game and just show. What they really got, like, even though O'Neal Cruz might not hit forty, I'm pretty sure he'll give you forty or even fifty stolen bases next year. But you know, hopefully, even drops twenty home runs next year. But I got Shohei Otani at number one. I think you know, I think you know, pitch clock is very important. Just like you said, I think those players that you named are, are definitely on the path to to being very successful base runners, and you know getting back to the 40 40 days i think also what what's going to be 
what's going to be like neutralizing is for the pitchers with only two only two pickoffs per plate appearance, and then think about a guy like um, the Mets Walker, right? Like he his first pickoff move is is very like nonchalant, just like you know, just a little check. But then really his second, but then his second one is when he like you know he 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 hooks you, he gets you. So that then he only has two attempts. So that then becomes you know in a plate appearance in a in a long plate appearance that gives guys an opportunity to make a run because, you know, he might get you in a, in a, say it's like a nine pitch, you know, at bat, he might, he only gets two, two, two attempts over. So he's got to maybe space it out between three and, and maybe the fifth pitch, or he, if he uses it on the first, you know, two pitches, then the, the runner's going to be like, all right, well, this guy can't pick me off. He's going to be able to get a bigger lead off of first base, and then he can go. So I think that's going to be something we see is, is longer pitch counts. We see guys just take off because, you know, if it's you can yeah. see the pitches coming, you know, like fastball, like the guy's got to throw a, a changeup once. Well, I mean, but then again, we are seeing 90-mile-per-hour changeup, so um, like off-speed stuff. So it's a new game. That's so true, Yeah, though. there's – yeah, and if if there's if there's players that I think that this overall is like really gonna help, and I mean like overly help, guy that comes to mind besides Acuna, because Acuna is obviously a big benefactor from this. He, I forgot to mention him along with Tatis. Those are the two forty for forty guys, I think. Um, but Byron Buxton, I think Byron Buxton's definitely because he's only stolen, I still believe, like five stolen bases this year, five six, which is a complete shock. But this might be what could help get him, you know, over that little whatever hump it is, you know, besides the health. Whatever hump that that was there this year, I, I hope this helps him get over that because he's definitely an electric player that's going to benefit from this. And another person, very underrated, um, Michael A. Taylor on the Kansas City Royals. He's still a pretty fast player. Um, but obviously not fast enough where you would send him a lot of the time, but now bases are bigger. He's honestly a very underrated 40-40 threat because he has a lot of pop in that bat. I I want to say that Acuna, before he got hurt last year, he was on pace for possibly a 40-40, oh, so I definitely think he's going to get it you know, next year. Oh, yeah, he's like a clear candidate. And you see, you see the pitchers... You see the pitcher's reaction to the bigger bases, like Rich. Did you guys see Rich Hill? Rich Hill came out with the big, with the big like I want to say it was like a bean bag or something that was like real large, and he was just putting it on the base instead. And and you know, guys aren't happy. I mean, pitchers aren't happy because that. Well, it's like I said in my opening intro. At least he's forty years old. He won't be worrying about it in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just I don't know that that. It's that little bit of that. The thing about those plays where it's so close, like those plays don't become close anymore, you know, or they become Heck, less Re- as close. JT Realmuto might steal more. I mean, all these guys might steal more. No one might become a 20 stolen base threat. Not even just talking about 40 40 guys. We're just talking about stolen bases in general. Pete Alonso has six stolen bases. I mean, what the hell? We're talking about like guys that just might have that thought in their head that, oh, it's just that much closer, and they're just going to steal. Right. I'm not going to say it's going to work all the time, but we're going to see guys have to throw guys out more, plays being made more. Even the other day, the Pirates threw uh, in the Met game, they threw it in the center field. It's like, 
yo, let's go. Let's uh, like put the thought in people's head to steal. Like that'll be great. I want to see more action. I want to see more stolen bases. How many? Even if guys don't get 40-40, I just 30-30-20-20 will be nice. I want to see bigger guys steal more bases. Like like Roddy, like Rowdy, and like uh, Logoback. You want to see those guys running bases? Of course. No. Yeah, dude, fuck it. Dude, Dylan Bundy is such a good number three or four or whatever he is. Oh, dude, dude, I, I absolutely cool. admire Dylan Bundy. Yo. Everybody's, <laughs> he's one of those pitchers. You know what? I'm, I'm going to say there's so many pitchers out recently that win Cy Youngs or get really good or have, like, one half of a season in 2020 that all of a sudden everybody's banking on. I said to you guys a couple of weeks ago with uh, Rodon, and it's even Robbie Ray. It's like everybody banks on one pitcher winning something, and they think they're God's gift to the earth. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm just throwing that out there. Who's this Stop year's being player? Good for one season. For you. Who's this know. year's player for you in that regard? I mean, probably Robbie Ray. I mean, the dude won the Cy Young. What's he doing now? Four ERA? Plus, I'm going to decent Yo, I'm, I mean, I'm yeah, a, decent. I'm going to say this. Dude, I'm going to say this. Cold. I might sound crazy. I'm going to say the Mariners make it further than the Mets in the playoffs. Nah, you're talking real crazy. No. I'm, I'm going to say yeah. it right now. I'm saying it right now. No. Dude, <laughs> I'm saying it right now. I'll say this. I'll say it right now. I just said it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree, bro. <laughs> Yo, the I, the I, only excuse you could have to that is that the AL sucks this year. That's the truth. It, dude, the Yankees aren't even gonna—they're barely gonna crack a hundred wins. Maybe the NL East is gonna have two people plus a hundred wins. That's... It's gonna be like the NL West of last year and the NL East. Like, no, no, that's, that's so what are we talking about? Cart, all right. Dodgers to the Houston, Houston Astros, that's kind of the same. Cardinals are better than Guardians, and the Mets and Braves are better than anybody in the uh, AL East. So, I believe that. I believe that. I mean, so, the Bra- I, would say, I would say the Braves are. I mean, the Yankees still have. The, and I'm not a Yankees fan. You the guys Mets are not know, better than You guys the know that I'm Yankees. not. I'm not cheering for the fucking Yankees, but yo, you're they crazy. Have...
What we're going to do is we're going to take you guys through who we think is going to win each award. Um, so I, I don't mean every award like silver slugger, gold glove, you know, all that craziness. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you the AL and the NL Rookie of the Year. We're going to give you what we think is the best story and the worst story. We're going to give you the AL and NL Cy Young, the AL and NL Least Valuable Player, the best bullpen out of the AL and NL, the best bullpen player, I should say, sorry, and then the AL and NL MVP. So, Devontae, putting you on the spot, man. You're going to lead us off on every single one of these. We got to get you warm, man. We got to get you loose. We're just throwing you out there. So, who's the AL Rookie of the Year? AL Rookie of the Year. Gotta be none other than DR's very own, young, jacked up to the gills. You don't even know what he's eating at this point. Papa Julio. Come on now. My guy just came out of no well, you know, he's been putting in his numbers before coming off. He's been waiting for his turn how many years now? I actually don't even know at this point. That's beside the point. <laughs> the kid's putting on a show, he's putting DR on his back. And not only that, the more you see him play the more you look forward to seeing DR come next year in the World Baseball Classics to take it all. Hell yeah, man. I, I love that. I love that. I'm going to agree. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Papa Julio, baby. It's Julio Rodriguez season. We're talking Rookie of the Year this year, MVP next year. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say it. If we, if we get a Julio Rodriguez that from game one to game 162 is on and hitting like he has been ever since that slow first month and a half that he had, I strongly do believe Julio Rodriguez is definitely going to be a threat for AL MVP next year. But obviously we're talking this year. Um, I mean, obviously some names come to mind that are in competition you know, with him uh, in regards to Pena uh, and Witt. But I, I, I got to go Julio Rodriguez. I mean, he, he's giving you the home runs. He's giving you the steals. He's giving you the D. I mean, the, he's giving you, the, you know, that, I don't know if he's giving you the D, but he's giving you, he's giving you everything. And like Devontae said, he's jacked. I mean, this kid is in some good shape. Um, you know, not to be that guy, but like he has the the body athletic. Be that guy. Figure. Be that guy. He has the body athletic figure of someone that's going to last long, a long time in this league. So it's good to see. It's good to see that, that we get to watch the first year of what seems to be a generational talent. I can't get enough of this guy. I don't want a little bit. I want the whole thing. Yo, Chris, who's the who's the AL Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I mean, I think I think this at this point, Julio is like a minus five thousand on the betting line. So I'm gonna go with Julio. I think you know down the line, just like you said. We're going to see him earn that contract. It, the contract, the high end says if, you know, he's in the MVP race pretty much or wins the MVP, he earns the highest amount of the of his contract he signed this year. So I look forward to seeing that in a few years. Wolf? I mean, obviously we're going to go four for four and go with Julio Rodriguez. Uh, the thing I find interesting, though, is actually looking at it is that how low Bobby Witt Jr. is on the uh, – totals he's actually not even in like the top five of nl or al excuse me rookie of the years but one thing that is pretty cool to look about is that george kirby for the uh seattle mariners is actually the third right now in betting odds to we yeah and and think about that so you have two guys in the top three of the al rookie of the year 
one of the guys you just gave a contract to, one of the guys that has a sub three ERA at two point nine eight, you know, that's a really good promising future you have going. Let's not forward. also so, forget that Logan well, we Gilbert's in his second season as well. Oh, exactly. It's just to add more onto it, but just to show that in the first year, I actually didn't kind of like, you know, I kind of forgot that like with all those guys, like you said, that they have that it, he was in his first year, Kirby, but that he is and has that good of an ERA, plus they're most likely, knock on wood, going to the playoffs. That's a really cool sign for them going forward. So, and Ty France, obviously, you know, a little bit down the line, but, you know, kind of a younger player too, not to get into that, but just... Julio's going to win it, but just seeing Kirby there at third, just to add more to it, that's a nice finishing touch for the Mariners. Definitely. That's a yeah, that's, that's that's definitely a good take. Uh, NL Rookie of the Year, Devontae. I have Spencer Strider. I like the young buck. came out of nowhere. He's pitching his ass off. And the kid also has – damn, I just wrote it down. I can't find it for some reason. That's beside the point. We're with Spencer Strider all the way. I don't really go too in on pitchers per se, unless it's Otani because he's a road to the show character. Goodness gracious! But I'm going to Spencer Strider all the way. <laughs> I think your uh, your head's cut off. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Michael Harris, who's on the same team. This is this is a little bit more ridiculous than the than the Mariners story here. The Braves just keep pulling players out of their ass. And here's two more, Michael Harris and Spencer Strider. So I'm going to go with Harris. And the reason being is that, first off, like this dude's a 21-year-old rookie. You're jumping into a lineup. You're getting comparisons to Acuna already um, amongst other good players. And, you know, you're hitting 306, 18 home runs, 59 RBIs, 18 stolen bases, um, he is striking out a lot, but that's that's typical for your rookie. Uh, but overall, I mean, he's he's hitting the hell out of the ball, and no one saw it coming. So, uh, what what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think what I'm going to say is I think it's 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 either one of those guys, but it's whoever is best down this stretch right here going into the playoffs. Nah, who's, a, who's 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 your winner? <laughs> I mean, it's too. It, it's so. I it's, for me, it's so. It's so close because Harris, like, has just been just very. I mean, they've both just been very good down the stretch. Like, they they're both like already cementing above. Like, you know, if you rank people in in tiers and you you say like you know the top fifty or tier one, like they're they're in the tier two. Like they're you know and possibly in the tier. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're top I, fifty, but quick thought here, I. I want to know if they if they can make a stat because they're both in in their rookie season, and I think it might be safe to say that you know and maybe it might be a stretch for Harris, but they might be top ten MVP and top ten Cy Young at least top fifteen for both. I want to know if that's ever happened for any team to have two of their rookies in top fifteen of the major awards because that's incredible. Yeah, I and and the betting line is this is why I say it's so close. The betting line right now is minus one forty to minus one ten. So like, it, it's pretty close race, you know. And whoever goes, Strider, I think Strider's at an advantage because he's only going to pitch maybe once or twice more. But maybe they even rest. No, I don't think they were going to rest because they're they're going to try to get the second, you know, the second seed. But um, I think he's got a better, you know, he's only going to pitch twice where 
Paris plays out. I mean, I'm not saying Paris is going to fall off the face of the earth, but I, it's just too close. I think what's what's scary is that the not scary, but the next guys below them are like plus fifty thousand. So it's not even like close for those two. If I had to pick, though, right now on the spot, fate of the universe. <laughs> I'm picking. <laughs> I think it's Strider because I think he's he's meant the thing. I think I'm gonna pick Strider. It's tough though because Harris, you know, he was Acuna came back and you know he was a little sluggish and and he kind of really filled in for that for that like for him. But Strider, Strider kind of did the same thing for the for the pitching staff. So I think he he becomes just the you know and then down the in a few years he could be your he could be your ace. All right. So when you guys started talking. My original take was Spencer Strider. And then all of a sudden I heard Saxby started talking. And I'm like, yo, Michael Harris Jr. I actually had him on my fantasy team. And I'm like... Bro, you were building that up very, very violently. (laughs) He's got some average. He's got some stolen bases. He's got some home runs. And you know what? He's almost one of those guys you can even think about maybe a 40-40-30-30 going forward. And I'm like, oh, damn. It's almost a clear cut. And then I took a step back, and I realized Saxby's wrong. It's a roller coaster. It's, it's not Michael Harris Jr., and I'll say why. He's been around for a while. Yes, he has a high average. He doesn't have twenty home runs. He doesn't have twenty stolen bases. He's on base. He's on he pace to hit twenty. He's at on pace, yes, but not now. Plus, he's been around. If we're talking rookie of the year, we're talking rookie of the year. Like, what are we gonna give it to Rushman too? Like, no. Uh, but he's a great, great player. Come on, got a man. nice average, good glove. But Spencer Strider is definitely the rookie of the year. Is that your two final titles, answer, man? Two point five ERA. He's got two hundred plus strikeouts already. Yes, it's Spencer. He's almost averaging two strikeouts an inning. Yeah, it's Spencer Strider. He is the uh, rookie of the year. Dude, you sent my heart through, like, you were playing on my heartstrings right there. <laughs> Had to come at you. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I really, like I said. I mean, both, des- both deserve it. It's yeah, Spencer Spencer Strider is having a really good season, putting out, <laughs> putting up some freakish, putting up some freakish strikeout numbers. Who's to say? Who's to say Michael Harris doesn't hit seven home runs in seven straight games down the stretch here? And God, God said that. Him. He just called me and said it's. I not mean, happening. dude, like, I mean, anything's possible. That's all I'm gonna say. Anything is possible. No, it's true. It's but close. Saying, it's like, too close. It's too close. Uh, yes, I I completely agree. It's not like oh my god, it's Strider, but when like he's throwing sixteen strikeouts and it's like rookie year and he's doing crazy stuff and this guy's just disappearing i'll just i'll just i'll get you a, um i'll get you a blue yeti bro they're only like a hundred um that's the oh, one that i'm using <laughs> it's the one that i'm using oh it's mike yeah. What up? Hey yo! What's that noise in the background? The, 
the Yeti, like you know, the Yeti, like uh, cups. The cooler. What, yeah. What, yeah. What's a cup can help? <laughs> I was like, why does this guy come? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? I'm like, why does? <laughs> I just sent Devontae a fucking cup. I'm like, get your shit together. He's a cup. I'm like, wait, I'm like a Yeti? I'm like, you know what I mean? Those, like, tumblers. Fuck you, goes. Imagine this dude goes, I'm gonna send you a mic and just sends him a fucking $20 thermos. Nah, those those blue Yeti. Dude, this will help you drink water during the podcast, man. Those Whew. Okay, that was good. That was good. So, best story in the major leagues. The best story, Devontae. What is, in your opinion, what's the best story this year? Best story this year. Gotta be biased again and give it to DR with Albert Pujols, captain of DR. He's Captain America. Well, he's Captain DR in the sense that, you know, he's been beaten up. He's been thrown everywhere. And all. Dude, you should see this dude running around the bases for these home runs. It's hard to watch. He reminds me of me trying to run around the bases and shit. <laughs> That's a different story for another day. But who other than our Pujols himself? A man that everybody thought was already down and out. And he's like, nah, hold up, wait a minute. And then Collins puts on a show for us in the home run derby, even though, you know, Kyle Schwarber sold it to oh, us, yeah. you know, he... That was like a little WWE promo, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That was like a if wrote if Roman Reigns and John Cena fought at like WrestleMania one more time. Well, they never, I don't think they've ever fought, but you understand where I'm going. But who better than Albert Pujols right now? It's coming out of nowhere. Yeah, man. Downs. It was crazy. I'm going to agree. It was crazy. Two people we've talked about tonight. I'm going to agree with Devontae. I'm going to go Albert Pujols here. I think um, for me, the reason why it's the best story is exactly what Devontae said. I mean, for for a man to have that start to his career and then watch watch him play as a shell of himself for basically the majority of my adulthood. Well, the entirety of my adulthood, I've watched this shell of Albert Pujols play. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's crazy to think about and, but that's, that, a good point. And that's, that's the good thing point. is like he fell off so fucking hard and is still out there about to give us a 700th home run and, and un- undoubtedly he's going to finish his career as a top 5 hitter of all time and mm-hmm. that it's it's crazy because of how hard he's fallen off since those years in St. Louis but those years in St. Louis man that guy a machine. I don't. I don't want to say the best baseball player I've ever seen because I, I would still say Griffey at his best, Alex Rodriguez at his best. You know, some players like that. Uh, but nonetheless, it's been an absolute joy watching this broken down old man still give us what's going to be a twenty home run season and give us you know a seven hundredth home run. I think it's it's absolutely amazing to see and to see it in his final season. Um, along with Wainwright and Yadier, who are also in their final season, there, there's just a lot of there's a lot of that energy going on in St. Louis. That's why I'm not counting them out. Uh, for sure, for sure. Chris, what do you what do you think? What's the best story to come out of the major leagues this year? Yeah, 
I, I wasn't really prepared. I was going to pick the same story as you guys. So I'm going to say, you know, it's just the St. Louis Cardinals in general because Wainwright and Molina, 326 battery, or battery mates together now, I think it is. An insane and, record. Know, I don't think we'll ever see that again. I don't – the way that the business is now, like, you know, trading away players and, like, free agency and stuff, I don't think we'll ever see it again. So it's just the St. Louis Cardinals of 2022 of all the all the history. I might, I might have to, like, pivot to something different right now. It's like the... – <laughs> I was going to say either it's Pujols or it's Judge. I mean, like – both of those guys are going on like a rant right now. Like one's about to hit 70, one's about to hit 60. And I guess, well, I don't want to add a third, but I guess to throw on like the guys we talked about with Julio, these guys doing plus 40 40s. I think seeing some of these records being broken and some good stats coming back to the game, a lot of action coming to the game. I mean, Saxby, like you said, with Pujols doing this, there's like almost a part of me because you, like you said, he, he fell off so fast. And I'm not saying I forgot about the Angels' career, but it's almost like you're kind of remembering that, like, pool holes that people used to talk about where there's, like, yeah, something to look like for. Like, right? for me, it was, like, it, for years we watched this guy. Like, we felt bad. Like, I felt so bad watching this guy play when he was an Angel. It, it sucked. It, it sucked because yeah. it was either he was struggling with the bat or he had the plantar fasciitis, which it felt like he had that every year since he got to, to L.A., um, it was just watching a, a real just shell, and you could tell it was the looks on his face too. It was it sucked. It was almost like he was disinterested at at, at some points. That that sucked to see too. Um, but it's nice to see it all come back in one final year, and him deliver that to us for sure. So yeah, I can. I can never. I can never pivot to a Yankee story. By the way, so more power to you, Wolfie. More power to you. <laughs> <laughs> At least I sprinkled on the Cardinals, but you know, it's just some good baseball going on right now. So, worst story, Devontae, what is the worst story to come from the MLB this season? Aside from the Boston Red Sox, what a disappointing year it's been since Chris Sale wants to, you know, ride a fucking bike and bust his ass, break his hand, come back, face Aaron Hicks, and then Aaron Hicks just just destroyed him on the mound. You saw what happened to his hand. He just walked off. My man showed the pinky and he walked off. Went in to the back. Probably broke like four monitors. Took one of the like the complimentary drinks and was just tossing it at the fan. So like 98 miles an hour one with one finger hanging off his hand. Everything. <laughs> so you already know Alex Cora tried to come in and talk to him and he was just not with none of that shit. He's coming he's throwing everything at him. He's like, you should have done that on the field, not back here. You crazy, dog. <laughs> yeah, so my – um, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> you should have done I'm done. Uh, my, uh, my worst story to come out of uh, the major leagues this year, uh, I'll be that guy and, and say Fernando Tatis. Because, you know, again, it, it just it makes me mad thinking about it because, I mean, you're the face of the MLB or one of the faces. I, I think we could have confidently said it was him and Otani kind of as the, the faces that the MLB chose to be the face of the league. 
Um, but what's disappointing for me is that the, he's a real electric, great player that I wanted, I want to see play. It's not even that I don't want to see him play anymore. I still want to see this guy play. Um, so the fact that we got robbed out of a full year of Fernando Tatis um, and the way it happened and how ugly it is and how ugly it's going to be for him moving forward, I think that was it's pretty. You think his story adds up about whatever that shit was for his half? Um, I mean, not not really because it's like at the end of the day, you know you know who you are. You're you know you're Fernando Tatis Jr. You know you're the fate one of the faces of MLB. You know you're that guy. Why are you just putting shit on your body and not doing your research? Why? Are, that's what I don't believe. I I promise you that he's on top of that, or he at least has people around him that are on top of that. I'm not saying he's out here just. I'm not. I'm not out here saying he's doing all that. Um, but Imagine yeah, being yeah. his barber yes, right now. Nobody's gonna want to Yes, you are. <laughs> right. I, I think it's just. <laughs> it's just a, like a hazmat suit. Because at the end of the day, even if it was from your barber or whatever, you know that that's still careless. Like what? What the hell are you doing? His barber is now blacklisted on the barber fucking. <laughs> On the Barber Hall of Fame. It, it's it, just like the Ryan Braun situation, how he got that FedEx. Oh, bike. man. So, Chris, what's your uh, what's your worst story? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to cry about the Red Sox real quick, you know. Just, <laughs> they knew, they knew they needed, you know, they, need, they knew they needed bullpen help. They didn't get it. They go and get story. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't a big fan of of that signing. You know, it sends mixed signals to the to the locker room, right? You you bring in a guy who you good wolf. Yeah. You bring in a guy who plays fucking shortstop, and you know Xander is towards the end of his contract, and it's like, are you gonna fucking get rid of him this year, or next year? Like, what the fuck, man? And you know, it's just. Very frustrating because if you would have got that help and you would have fucking just signed somebody better than fucking Bobby Delback and you, you know what I mean? Like it's disappointing because you have Devers, you have fucking Verdugo who's playing, who's played well. You, you know, you know, you have Kiki, like you got guys like, and you had Aurora, Aurora who played well this year, you know, like. You could have done something this year, and you didn't fucking do anything in the off season. And you know who the fuck knows what happens this off season. So that's my rant. And fuck, fucking. I feel like a Mets fan right now, to be honest. <laughs> Mets fan is great. <laughs> This is how I would imagine right? Mets fans feel. This is how I was waiting for someone like, to say Tom, but he said paper, Mets fan. All right, I'm in here. Like, somewhere I, like yeah. On paper, like, you know, we had a shot. You know, people were giving the Sox a shot. And then, you know, just, you know. You could say that we also feel like the Yankees. Because come on now. How many years have they been fumbling the bag? Yeah. You know what I'm going to say the worst stories? Uh, you guys said Red Sox. You said Red Sox. I'm going to talk about another Sox, the White Sox, but not just the White Sox. That whole division. I know minus your car, uh, your your Cleveland Guardians, uh, Chris, but the White Sox, the Twins, don't even get me started on Detroit and the Royals, 
Like, though, even those two teams, the Twins were in first place for most of the year. They puttered out. The White Sox, we had such high expectations. We've talked about them, I feel like, every single week with Cease and Giolito and Jimenez. Dude, it's and such Anderson, a fucking Robert. big group it's of talent. Like, You're pissing me off all over again. <laughs> right it's like i don't even mean to bring them up again but it's like when you think of like worst stories we touched on the twins a lot we broke it down last week but that whole division it's like what the heck happened like even the detroit tigers they went out and spent money on uh rodriguez who took like a break for like a couple months we, i think everybody forgot about that is he did he ever come back uh Baez has a yeah and like i said i'm fine with it but like whatever happened like I, i'm just curious and then Baez, they gave a good contract to you know soto's obviously got talent but like the rest of the teams you know riley's been here and there you know a bright spot but not like guys like wit and rodriguez we've talked about uh you know even wit actually with the royals they've <laughs> there's a lot of talent like one name talent in that division but just overall the over like the team's pitching hitting fielding everything like they're pretty rough and it's like guys blew it uh twins white Sox, and the rest of the division just sucks it's like that's the don't, worst story they're terrible don't don't let's not shame yeah. the royals though because we all know the royals they sold hard at the trade deadline they did the right thing let's not fucking per, you know let's not be no, mean to point. the royals they, they did the right things at the deadline i, mean, I you know, and I, I, you just you just look at the White like, Sox like team, like you said, Wolfie. Like, you look at that team, and it's just like how, like Tony Larusa, like it, it's it's a, such oh, yeah. a wasted year. Like, why did you have to get Tony Larusa? Why did you have to? How can this not align? Like, you got a Cy Young candidate leading a, a really what should be a solid rotation. I mean, Johnny Cueto is giving you a good season. What the fuck? Yeah. How are you? Like, Johnny Cueto is giving you a good season. Dylan Cease is giving you a Cy Young season. You're wasting that. Uh, Liam Hendricks is still, in my opinion, I, mean, I, I know he's had his moments this year, but he's still a top closer in this league. And then, you know, the bullpen, they, the, you look at what their bullpen win. on paper, you look at their bullpen, it should be a good bullpen. And then you look through their lineup, and, you know, I'm going to mention this guy later, but Yasmani Grandal completely shit the bed. Yeah. Um, you're, you're getting a good season out of Jose Abreu. But Mancada, where is the development in that guy? Where's the development in Eloy? Where, where's Luis Robert even begin with? That dude was day-to-day for three straight fucking weeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And and it's wild. You bring up all these names like Grandal and uh, – whether it be, you know, obviously Anderson, like pretty much Moncada, their whole lineup, it's like Hendricks, uh, Lance Lynn's had like a rough season, but like overall he should be a good pitcher. There's so much talent on that team. And I think one of the big reasons why they screwed up is what you just said is Tony La Russa. And the fact that they still have him around is it's mind-boggling. It's very sad because it's like you look, look – I, I look at this roster – and this roster should be a roster that we're talking about with the Yankees and Astros right now. Like, if the White Sox were who they were yep. supposed to be, Absolutely. we're not talking about the AL as if they're some trash. We're comparing them to the NL. Because then now you have the Astros, the White Sox, and the Yankees as top, you know, World Series threats. 
And then you have your teams like the Mariners and the Blue Jays and, and the Rays. But no, instead we again, you know, the Guardians are playing really, really good um, baseball right now. But you know, it like how, why, why of all this, this is this could have been a generational team. This could have very much been a generational team, and now it's just a wasted. I still don't know how I feel about the Guardians. I call them the Guardians of the Galaxy, but. <laughs> um, um, I was going to say something, I, I, say something. I forgot now it's just wild though like you said the talent they have and like they should have been like a team that you would like you said would beat the Yankees dude like we're, we're looking at they were in the they were in the fucking world Eloy like Eloy Jimenez this combination of Eloy Jimenez Yon alone those three together, that that was supposed to be like two, three, four. Watch out, and then Anderson as your one and Abreu as five. It's crazy. Grandal has like an OPS under his average or some dumb shit like that. When we when we talk, speaking of pitching, AL Cy Young, Devante, who's your AL Cy Young? AL Cy Young is none other than Houston's very own Justin Verlander. He's giving me Nolan Ryan vibes. I don't know. He's coming, what, two years sitting out for blowing out um, his elbow, his arm, whatever it was for Tommy John. And then he want to come back and say, yeah, it wasn't the spider tag that was helping me before. Now it's the old age and who fucking else knows what else, what else he's taking. He has. Dude, he's drinking fucking car oil, bro. I don't know. He's doing. <laughs> he's doing. He got it from DR. I'm a firm believer in that. <laughs> Yo, the guy is 17 and 3. Has an ERA of 1.78. That's that's ridiculous. 1.78 after not pitching for two years? What the fuck is this guy doing? Like, what's this homework he's doing against everybody he's facing right now? Like, I mean, yeah, so... Get in the box and face him and just be like, yeah, it's an automatic striker. And there, and yeah, I, I'm going to agree. I'm going Justin Verlander here. I mean, like you said, he's like 50. Um, you know, he, he's out there just just old man and everything. I mean, I think he's still married to Kate Upton. He, this dude, so when you think about human when you when you think about human beings, right? And you think about the absolute fucking one. like the absolute winners in life, like the ones that just took life by the balls and got everything that they absolutely wanted. You got the hot wife you got the Hall of Fame career. You got the ring, even though it was tainted. But you got the ring. But it's like he had nothing left to prove. But this guy still came back. And is like, what? It's like Devontae said, what is going on? It's like this guy is so good at baseball, it doesn't even matter. And he's I couldn't he came back from a DL stint late in the season. I've like... It's like Max Scherzer, what what he did last night, um, or I believe it was the the night before Monday night when he had the six innings of perfect hit, you know, ball coming off an of injury. You know, Verlander comes off of injury. I know it was against the Athletics, but five innings, nine strikeouts, no hits given up. It's absolute madness. He makes absolute madness. And let's not forget, he threw a no hitter what two years ago. And his old ass age, like what I'm liking about baseball right now. These old players, I don't even like to say old, because 40 to me is kind of like the new 30, maybe 35. 
These guys are 40, and they're making 20-year-olds look like babies next to them. You got David Ortiz in his final year, what, 42 years old? He was an MVP candidate. He was top three in the league for DH at that. And then you have Nolan Ryan. I don't know what Nolan Ryan's doing. They probably talking to him in his ear, buzzing something, telling him, yeah, he expects a, a curveball, so he throws a fastball. His fastball still hitting what one oh one oh one? One oh two At least a solid one oh two. Bro, you just it's like watching like your fucking grandpa get off the couch and just fucking absolutely annihilate you. Word like, talking about yeah, back in my day. Let me show you something. Right. <laughs> like let me show you something. He actually absolutely just fucking smokes you. <laughs> just... Like I remember like it was like my dad and we bowling, bro. <laughs> It's like when my dad <laughs> fucking smoked me. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous, man. That is ridiculous. Yo, yo, Chris, who's your uh, who's your AL Cy Young? I feel like Wolfie's gonna pick Verlander. I'm actually gonna pick Valdez, and I'll tell you why. Wow. I'm I'm big into numbers, right? So let's let's take a look at the numbers, right? Twenty five straight quality starts. That is roughly 15% of 662 games. So 15% of all games you played this year, Valdez has put you in a position to win the game. I think that plus, you know, he's like going to get, he might hit two, 200Ks this year. I think, you know, he's been healthy all year and he made history this year. So I would, I'm going with Valdez. That's, that's a good pick. Wolf? Oh, um, I mean, the clear favorite to me is probably Verlander as well. But one of the guys that I could see being like a dark horse is Alex Manoa. Well, he might not have as like top votes as like Verlander, Cease, and Valdez. Um, I do think maybe he can get like a sneaky half. I mean, let's be honest. Overall, the guy's in his 40s and he's pitching a Cy Young year. It's crazy what he's doing. I mean, he's throwing like sub two ERAs out there when I'm like, when he's like. By the way, Sachs, I gotta say one thing here. You're right. He has a perfect life. Everybody wants to be him. I would trade everything, everything for him. But uh, no, he's he's the Cy Young. Cease uh, should get a nod. Uh, I think Valdez is probably like the third, but Justin Verlander is like. been doing it plus came back from a major injury uh and previous years has done it already it's like everybody talks about scherzer i feel like a lot more than verlander i i think you guys kind of you know hinted at the fact maybe with the cheating scandal or something uh degrom gets talked about a lot i feel like you even hear more like talk about like kershaw and cole and even wayne right nowadays we've talked about a lot more but no one talks about verlander and he's the overall cy young at the age of 40 I think we could. I don't think anyone's yeah, talking about, talk him, about him. The award is his. Two point five. All right, so had a month yeah, off. Devante, NL Cy Young. And oh, I gotta give it to Alcantara, man. I like, hey. I like the kid. Hey. You saw what Derek Jeter did to that team. Like, it seemed like there was no coming back from all the best plays they had at one point. Hold on. He's doing wonders for the Miami Marlins right now. And 
who better than him from his team to be leading the pack to be doing what he's doing and to be bringing life to a team that is pretty much that to be honest like they need a new logo at this point that logo is done yeah that logo is more done than fucking uh jose fernandez but that's beside the point <laughs> what what how do you say that how do you say <laughs> why man dude Oh man. man! I was not. Man, that was dark. I'm gonna that smoke was, that. Was that. that was dark. <laughs> I'm smoking in that because that was wicked. I disagree with Alcantara. I'm going with Julio Urias. Reason being is that Alcantara has fallen off recently, um, and what sucks is that if the Marlins were a good team right now, I would still say he's the Cy Young. But I think he's fallen off. He's fallen off enough for someone like Julio Urias to come in and grab it. Urias is leading the league in um, ERA, ERA plus. Um, he, his strikeouts per nine, I believe, is right around nine. He's averaging a strikeout per inning. Um, you know, he, he's doing big things. And my the most impressive thing about Julio Urias is that he's leading this rotation. A lot. Of, a lot of people can say Gonsolin because he was the All Star starter. Um, but I believe you're you're looking at the number one, and that, that's Julio Urias. Um, with everything that's gone on with the Dodgers this year and pertains to their pitchers, whether it was, you know, Bauer punching some girl in the face and now he's gone for two years. And then we have um, Kershaw can't stay on the mound. Uh, Bueller's gone for the year. You know, that, that, that should be enough to really, you know, destroy a team, not the Dodgers. But Julio Julio Urias has stepped up to the occasion. Obviously, Gonsolin has as well. Uh, but Urias has stepped up to the occasion really well, in my opinion. I think enough to be the Cy Young. What's up? What do you think, Chris? Gonna have more, too. Urias, for sure. He doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going with Sandy. I think, um, you know, the guy is – he's thrown five complete games this year. Like – Without him, the Marlins probably are at like 37, 38 wins on the, on the season. Like, I, I get it. He's only got 13 wins and he's got eight losses, but like he's on the Marlins. He's still with those eight losses. He's had a sub two, four ERA. So like the dude's got it. Like, it's just a shame that, you know, he's on a bad team. But I think it's the same argument that I made with Ricky Shohei versus judge you know bad teams you switch them you put sandy on the fucking any other playoff team he's he's their ace over over even even on the mets i think he would be your ace that's a little shot at you wolfie all right well i'm gonna wrap up that tape then because i'm gonna come at you with uh... alcantara is clearly so young i'm gonna say this give him the season he's going on and Jake probably would be the Cy Young again, but I'm going to go with you. Alcantara is clearly the favorite. I try to maybe see if Zach Gallen, even Max Freed might be able to, you know, push that over the edge, but Alcantara has just been solid. And you brought it up a couple weeks ago and, you know, reminiscing now, like dude, his stats, especially his complete games are like out of this world, especially in a league where we don't even see guys going past six or seven. And he has like, almost almost double digits not yet but almost 
it's like that's crazy for 2022. If he ever got on a team that would actually cont- like imagine him on like the Dodgers or even the Yankees, like a team that like really could use him. Oh my gosh, like he would shine. <laughs> and the Red Sox. Yeah, well, the Red Sox. Granted, we're baseball fans. We know about him. But I feel like if he was on like the limelight team, the team that's winning, oh my gosh, he would be one of the, like the most talked about pitchers in the league. And I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't have said that early in the year too. I really thought that the way Corbin Burns started off, I thought he was just gonna run with it. I yep. really thought he was gonna steal yep. the show this year. Big fan of him, but like, yeah. So who? Let, let's let's pivot this completely. Who's your least valuable player in the AL, Devontae? Least valuable player in the Damn. I would say Joey Gallo, but you saw what happened to Joey Gallo. It's still a valid answer. I still think it's a valid answer. As a matter of fact, I will replace Joey Gallo for Aaron Hicks. Because how you a switch hitting star, well, star, getting paid all this money to not catch... A perfectly shaggable pop fly, making errors like you've never made errors before, and just it seems like New York really has gotten to him with how many years he was already, you know, dealing with his injuries and not being able to play a whole season. That now he has a full season to himself and he's just really shitting the bed and just showing you why the Yankees fucking suck. That's definitely fair. Um, I'm going with Yasmani Grandal. Um, I, I was thinking about Lance Lynn here, but I'm going Yasmani Grandal because it's just like I, I can't stand this guy. Like, I don't I don't know how you go from being a top catcher in the league to you're hitting to barely hitting 200. Before this, he was hitting like something gross. So he's gotten a little bit better. Um, but his slugging percentage is only 72 points away from his batting average. Um, I just I don't know, man. This guy is swinging the wettest noodle I've ever seen. Uh, and if he's lucky, he's picked it up a little bit these past few games, or we'd be looking at one of the worst seasons of all time. But it's too little, too late. Like where, where was this this leadership and everything that was needed earlier in the season? Um, whatever, man. Who do you, who do you think, Chris? I'm going uh, Bobby Dalback because you know. He- he gave you 25 home runs last year. You think he's going to turn the fucking corner and be the superstar that you need? And he just fucking takes a big leap backwards. Yeah, we definitely got to do a Red Sox and... therapy episode. Dude, I'm Hell just yeah. – I, I've always just like – there's always been Red Sox. I mean, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but there's always been like one guy on the team that I just like don't like. And that guy now is Bobby Dalback. Like before – I'm trying to think of like a team before that, you know, it's just one guy that I just didn't like, but he's I the guy. Bobby Dalbeck, how do you feel about Frenchy Cordero? Because that's kind of how I felt, but like I had to give him, I had to let go of how I really felt only because they threw my first base a position he's never played, uh, and it's how bad he uh, was first base. Like, wow. Yeah, I but. He was he was good last year though. You like yeah, like year over year, like one two years ago, you know he he hit like I want to say like a, a little bit over two fifty. He, he you know he was he was a rookie, and then last year you know his his batting average drops a little bit, but he gave you twenty five home runs. And at this point you know it's like you already you've already like 
been in the league. Now you should have been. This should have been a, a year where you take a big lead. He took a big step backwards this year. So I was going to come at you and say like something like James McCann for the Mets or like some kind of like crappy player. But when I thought about it, like I didn't want to choose a player. Well, I was going to say, and I didn't want to choose a player. Like I just meant like an example that we didn't really expect much from. And it's just crap anyway. Like, did you really expect a hell of a lot from Bobby Dahlbeck? Probably. I did. Like, maybe. I did. I did. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But anyway, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, Anthony Rendon. Uh, Anthony Rendon is getting paid $35 million in his seven-year contract. And he has barely played. And when he has played, he's... I mean, he's been good at, like, some games here and there. But when you're talking about, like, a top contract in baseball, one that we kind of almost forget about at times. Like, he's been pretty much a bust for them in every single aspect of the cat. We we talked about Albert Pujols being like kind of like a guy that fell off the table. That's a guy that fell off the uh, table. Anthony uh, Rendon. And kind of Saxby, I give you guys credit because maybe he was like a hometown favorite at the time. Maybe some of you guys were upset when you got rid of him. I don't know if you personally were, but it's kind of crazy like the bullet you guys that was going to be the same. Opinion on the Anthony Rendon thing was like, yeah, he was a hell of a player. Um, but I didn't really like... I. I I knew he was gonna leave. He he wasn't. He didn't really fit in. He was. I mean, watching him every day, he just never really fit into Washington and the dancing and the fucking eccentricness and everything. Um, he made several weird comments about the fans in D.C., which it, it's understandable. But why are you? Why are you constantly like? It's not just one occasion where you're just like, you know, where's the fans at? You're like four, five, six different occasions where he's like, you know, kind of just shitting on the fan base. Um, when realistically, it's not even the fan base's fault. It's the fact that it's Washington D.C. and the, you know, the bus lines and everything. It's it's a mess. It's actually a gigantic disaster. Um, but when it comes to Anthony Rendon, I mean, I it was it was either Rendon or Strasburg. And even now, I mean, I go back and I still give it to Strasburg. I mean, he had gotten us that MVP. Um, and at the time, I wanted Strasburg instead of Rendon. So, um, that's overall how I felt about that. So, unfortunately, we had to cut this video due to technical difficulties. If you like this video, please like, follow, subscribe. We got a lot more good content on the way, uh, you know, from MLB to NBA and the NFL. Yes, football is coming, so please stay tuned for that. On top of that, we're going to have a whole bunch of amazing guests, but please like, please subscribe. We appreciate you, you know, sell your soul to us. Uh, but th thanks for watching the Built Different Podcast.